0: Turn with me once again, if you would like to, to the book of James. I'd just like to read a number of verses in the middle of this uh, chapter 4. So James chapter 4, and I'm going to begin reading with verse 6. So James writes here, and he says, But he giveth, meaning God, more grace. Wherefore, he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted, and mourn, and weep, and let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother, and judgeth his brother, speaketh evil of the law, and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge." There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy, and who art thou that judgest another? We'll stop here with verse 12. So we have seen, as we have looked at uh, James, the letter, the epistle of James, how he really circles back uh, constantly in his um, letter to themes that he has already uh mentioned and brought up, and and certainly this one is not um, different in that either. And really, the beginning of the chapter, as we learned last time, was one in which he was once again identifying a conflict that existed within the church, with the believers to whom he was writing to. Um, we know that he was also addressing the tendency that exists in all of us towards worldliness and towards the influence of the world uh, in our Christian walk, but in particularly the conflict that uh, was happening, how that ultimately resulted in what we read in these last uh, two verses here where he speaks about speaking evil one of another and judging one another in the previous uh, chapter, he, he also talked about this strife and he said, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. And we can see here how the outworking of this evil or the things that are not from God are, um, working out and resulting in here specifically about believers speaking ill one of another. And so James is really warning against talking evil or badly about someone else and about judging. And I think all of us recognize that we too can so easily fall into these traps of speaking evil one of another. And, And maybe that sounds harsh or strong, but certainly, when we think of things that like the Bible speaks about uh backbiting or or gossiping or slandering or or giving a false witness or lying there as as we have read a number of times in the Book of James, there are so many ways in which we can sin with our tongue and in particular in the relationships that we have with fellow believers and then it becomes inevitable that that uh, in doing that, that we are in essence judging one another. We are passing judgment on others um, in the process of speaking evil about each other. And the Bible warns, as James does, the Bible warns about that. Very specifically, Jesus, we read in, in Matthew chapter 7 and recognize once again how, how James is constantly going back, especially to those things in the Sermon of the Mount that Jesus uh, talked about and emphasized and, and taught. And he does it here as well when he, when he talks about um, not being a judge, not judging others. And that certainly could be a reference or would be a reference to what Jesus said. And I'd just like to share this scripture um, as well. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 to 5, he said, Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye? But considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? And behold, um, or wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye, thou hypocrite. First cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. And we're very familiar with this uh, text and, and Jesus' teaching here and, and the importance of that. And, and certainly, Jesus was not implying here that that to make a moral um, judgment or discernment about uh, something being right or wrong, that that is not something that, that we should do. Or that we don't have a responsibility of being accountable uh, to and for each other and, and being responsible about looking out for one another's welfare. But Jesus was really condemning or speaking against that harsh and, and prideful and often hypocritical judgment when when we're um, judging someone else when, in a sense, we may be doing something similar or often perhaps even the same thing um, ourselves. And that in the process of this um, really lifting ourselves up, in a sense, that uh, we are putting other people down. And so we can see that, that in essence, he was uh, really speaking to that. There is a place for discernment, and and, um, and and many of us are in positions of responsibility when we do need to pass judgment. But we know that our judgment and our discernment often is limited because we see uh, we see what we see, we see from the outside, and we don't know everything, and we can't see into the heart and 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 even as brother Dan mentioned this morning, that many times we don 't see the things that are going on in others people's in other people 's lives that may be affecting um, what they do and yet um, with that limited understanding and, and knowledge, we may be called to 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 make a judgment and we we see examples of that a parent has that responsibility, as do even in the church at times um you know there's a need to be discerning and and often that comes with maturity with experience we read that in hebrews it says uh, speaking of those that are um uh, spiritually mature and then it says of them those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil so in that sense of of judging a matter or looking at something in the sense of being able to discern and 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 rightly discern what is right or wrong is a good thing but to actually be in judgment of someone in the same way that God is is not our place and and James makes it very clear here what he says there is one lawgiver one that has given the law And set the bar, we might say, and the expectation. And also then is the one that alone can judge righteously or um, perfectly, we might say. And that he alone, God alone is that righteous judge. And the only one that really can see the heart of man. That can see what others can't see and is able to to do that, but it's so easy at times for us to to. Um To judge one another and, and we heard a little bit of that this, this morning and to, to fall into that in our lives. And, and James is really pointing this out that the strife and the conflict among the believers, which then led to this evil speaking about each other and then also led to judging one another that this is, this is wrong and, and it shouldn't be that way. And that as, as the, Verses that we have read together here speak about that they really point out something that is going on inside of us. And that is the pride that can so easily um, be working in our hearts and in our lives. And to cause us to to look at others um, in a... In the wrong way, and also look at ourselves in the wrong way, many times we will look at others and their faults and and their um, uh, misdeeds or whatever it is um, in a way to lift ourselves up and make ourselves look better. whereas in Romans it very clearly uh, uh, Paul said this to the romans um, he said. Not to think that we or, or no one should think of themselves more highly than than they should. And that to every man, he said here, uh, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. All of us are at a different place in our spiritual walk, in our journey. And we should not um, wrongly judge one another or, or think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. But James really, as he... Um, identifies these issues, he also goes to the root of it, and that is the pride that is in our hearts, in our lives, and the humility that we ought to have. And So just taking from a number of these verses, some of the thoughts that he he, uh, lays out for us here. But he, God, giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Pride has a way of keeping us from seeing our own faults, our own sins, of really... um, minimizing them and at the same time um, maximizing, so to speak, the um, the sins and the faults of others, when we are in that place, when we think of ourselves higher than we ought to. And And really, when James is talking about humbling ourselves, he is really, trying to encourage us to see ourselves as God sees us and that we need to focus on our own faults and our own sins and not that of others. And that really was the teaching that Jesus had there in, in, um, that we read earlier from Matthew chapter 7 when he said, And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? And we know that clearly he was talking about that that little speck. I think another scripture refers to it as a speck in your eye. And we've all made that experience of having a little speck in our own eye. Um, and compares that to a beam or a log. Something that is far more significant and greater. And, and we can easily get to that place where we see the faults of others but fail to see our own. Where we um, also are uh, maybe guilty of the very things that we are condemning others for. Maybe in a little bit different way, but in, in yet, at the same time, guilty of that wrong as well. And so Jesus instructed, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast the mote out of thy brother's eye. And really what he was saying is, look into your own heart. Look into your own life and, and see what... Doesn't line up with God's will, with the, the teachings that, that Christ gave. And as you do that, when we, when we look at ourselves, all of a sudden the, the faults and the sins of others will look very differently because we will recognize our own sinfulness and our own weakness and our own frailties and, and shortcomings, whatever we want to call them, but the very things in our lives that are separating us from God. And and when we, as it says here, um, turn to God in humility that and, and draw near to God, He will reveal that to us. Um, the Bible says here that He gives grace to the humble. God in His um Love and mercy for us will reveal to us those things that are not according to his will and those areas of our lives that that need to be changed. And as we draw near to God, we will see ourselves um, as he sees us and recognize the things that we need to change. And then we will also see our brother and our sister in a different light. And not be in that place, as it says here, where we would then speak evil of them. Or being critical of them, having that critical spirit. Or putting them down. Or judging them when we see ourselves the way God sees us. And that becomes so important. And in the same way, as we learned this morning that we should... Uh, Love as Jesus loved, and we should exemplify in our Christian walk uh, the love that Jesus demonstrated while he was on this earth. So should it also be that we should exemplify Christ, Jesus, in this area of humility, which is so important for the Christian in Matthew, Jesus said, "Take take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest uh, for your souls." Um, this idea of being gentle and lowly in heart is synonymous with with humility that uh, we are to have, but that Christ uh, represented. In Philippians, it says. Uh, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then Paul, writing to the Philippians, lays out the example that Jesus gave when he was on earth. We know that that he was God. He was not only the Son of God, but he was God that came into the world in the flesh. But then the Bible says that who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God... Um, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And so when Jesus came into this world, even though he was fully God, he also became fully man. And as such, he gave an example for us to follow in submitting himself and humbling himself to before God, doing his will, doing the very things that God had sent him into this world. And it says here that he took upon himself the form of a servant, um, almost in the sense as a, as a slave, one that is in, in um, servitude towards someone else, and in this case it was towards his heavenly Father. And certainly one that is a servant... Needs to be one that is humble and recognizes his place and, and lives out his life accordingly. And so Paul writing this to the Philippians, he says that we shouldn't do anything through strife or vainglory. And this, we see the connection here again with the very same things that, that James was writing and these relationships that we have with others, especially in the church with one another. That, that we wouldn't be doing things out of strife. Or vainglory is, is another way of saying pride, with a prideful heart and, and lifting ourselves up, thinking of ourselves um, higher than, than we should. But rather, in lowliness of mind, let each esteem the other better than themselves. In this humility that we should put the interests of others and and the things that are going to benefit and bless them above our own, and not lift ourselves up. Let every man, but every man also, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Pride causes us to look out for ourselves. Humility causes us to look out for one another for the other, pride will will do that to us will make the things that are not right in our lives seem small or insignificant or easily overlooked, whereas humility will identify those things and and help us not to see that in the others and so we are called upon in scripture that we would um Value this humility to be able to see ourselves as God sees us. And we see that in the Old Testament where Isaiah writes, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy, and I dwell in a high and holy place, with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones." And we see here that, that Isaiah is, is doing what all of scripture does, is, is putting God in his rightful place. I dwell in the high and holy place, that God alone is, is entirely perfect and entirely righteous. That God alone is the one that can judge without fault, without being wrong, because he is the only one that can judge fully and completely righteously. And ultimately, the Bible teaches us that all of us will stand before the judgment seat of Christ to be judged by God for the things that we have done on earth. And we know that that judgment will be right. Judgment that happens on earth often is is marred by um, uh, our limited vision, by the things because we can only see so far and so much, but with God, it is different. And and God is this righteous judge. He is holy. He is perfect. But the Bible tells us in this verse that he also wants to dwell in a heart that understands humility, that lives in humility, that does not lift oneself up, that is, as the Bible says here, contrite, recognizing our own weakness, our own frailty, our own limitations. And the more that one sees all of those things, the dimmer, so to speak, will become the faults and the sins of others. And we won't be in that place where we will be so quick to judge, which, sadly, many of us do. We jump to conclusions. We we, we jump to passing judgment on someone. And we do it um, against what the scripture is cautioning us to. Another scripture in, in Micah chapter six, verse eight, and I love this verse. Said, "He has shown thee, O man, what is good, and what the Lord requires of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God." To do justly. To do to do what is right and to, to love mercy. And we, we heard about this morning uh, the, the, how God is, is, um, and, and Christ it was all about uh, loving kindness and, and mercy and, and that when the Bible speaks about his love, it's speaking of that. And we are to exemplify that. But then especially also this part here and to walk humbly with thy God. Recognizing our our own limitations and weakness, um, you know the word meekness is is really I think uh, in many ways a synonym for humility. Um, when someone is meek, um, in, in the proper sense of the word in Scripture, what that means as a fruit of the Spirit that God is working that in someone's life, they they will demonstrate. In that and through that humility. We sing in this hymn meekness is a virtue gracious, every Christian's glory here. In our young we find it precious, in our elders still more dear. Though they whom the world appraises do not sing true meekness praises, meekness is much more than gold, yea, its worth cannot be told. Who here humbly walks in meekness is beloved by everyone, who well knows and feels His weakness, God will honor in His Son. God takes pleasure in the lowly, and these are, and these also please Him wholly, who are walking in God's way in the love of Jesus' day. Truly meekness greatly blesses and obtains the Father's grace. Who this virtue here possesses, knowing her most fitting place, will in all his deeds find favour, and his soul is glorious ever. Faith, hope, love, and gentleness do a heart of meekness bless. And oh that that those would be the words that describe our Christian walk and our Christian life and how we live that out. And so as James um, really deals with these issues that that those believers struggled with and that we, um, c- can also so easily struggle with. Strife and disagreements and, and, and division, uh, that comes about so easily. The misuse of the tongue and, and how we, in, in that place, so easily, um, speak things that, that we wish we didn't or we certainly shouldn't. And that, that often leads to that judging of one another in ways that we are not to do and should not do. But he gives the answer here when he talks about uh, humility and how important that is to deal um, with those issues in our lives and to really root out the, the pride that can so easily come into our lives. And... It says here, he gives more grace. Wherefore, he saith, God resists the proud, but gives grace unto the humble. Um, You know, the Bible says, if God is for us, who can be against us? And and the um, opposite or transverse, I guess, of that, you might put it that way, is also true. If God is against us, it doesn't matter who or what is for us. If God is resisting us, then we're fighting a losing battle. We're we're working against the 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 creator of the universe, the God of the universe, who who is all powerful and all knowing. And we need God on our side. And the way to have God on our side, as as James writes it here, is is that we would um, submit ourselves to God. That we would humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord so that He would lift us up. That we would submit ourselves to God in every area of our lives. And that especially uh, includes those areas of our life, of our lives that are not in line with the teaching that Christ gave. That are not in line with the gospel. And as we submit ourselves to God and submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do in our hearts and lives, he will begin to transform us. He will give us the grace that we need to, to be everything that he wants us to be. And without that grace, it says, but he giveth more grace. Without that grace, we cannot, we cannot be the children of God as he has called us to do to be. So we need to, as the Bible says, here's James says, draw nigh to God, calling upon his name, um, confessing our sin and our sinfulness and, and our weakness and, and recognizing our own faults and, and not trying to just pick out and, and focus on the faults of others, but recognize our own and deal with those. And as we do that, uh, as I said earlier, we will see others, our brothers and sisters and others around us in a very, very different light. As we submit to God, we will indeed, as Micah has said, be humbly walking before him. So may we take these scriptures that as, as James has given it, to us, really as a remedy, as the um, answer for the many things and and those very things that that um, we can read in in Hebrews um, chapter 12 it says wherefore seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us you know there are many things in our life that that um, we know that all unrighteousness is sin but but the writer in Hebrews seems to say, you know, there are things in our life that, that may not be outright sin, but they are still things that, that hold us back, that maybe demonstrate that, that there is still pride in our hearts, that we are still thinking of ourselves higher than we ought to, that we are not looking out for the good or the benefit in others the way we should, that we aren't following the example of Jesus the way we should. Um, And says, let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. In other words, looking to the one that was that example of humility, of meekness, in whom there was no pride, no um, uh, uh, self-glory. He came to do, the Bible says, he said, the will of the Father. And as it says, who who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. May we follow that example of Christ and be looking day by day to him to overcome the pride that so easily wants to creep back into our lives and that we would truly walk in the humility that we are called to as the children of God. Amen.